And that's why you should not breathe pollen instead of air. What is going on, everybody? This is the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn how to rock more and suck less. In Atlanta, Georgia, I am Adam Johnson. In Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. It's, uh, the pollen's been like, it's borderline like, unbearable. Yeah, it's like swimming through the air when you're outside. Yeah, having some uh, some headache, allergy situations, yeah. for sure. Yeah, last couple of days have been rough for me, too. Uh, we had that storm blow through, which cooled everything off, which was fine, uh, but also, you know, washed some of the some of that stuff away, so that's good. And I would say on the, I, I would, we, we, this week has been more good than not good, you know? I like a week you know, like that. That's good. We're rolling into spring break yeah. starting, uh, tomorrow we're going to go down to Savannah. Nice. And, uh, spend some time with family, do Eastern stuff up here and then take a jaunt down there for like three days. Nothing, nothing crazy. That's good. I like Savannah a lot. It's a fun little town. Yeah. Um, the kids like it. There's history. It's, you know, where we are, it's like the only place with history. It's like pre-America history, yeah, uh, which is you know exceedingly rare. It is also my little Girl Scout um, is aware, keenly aware that the founder of the Girl Scouts' house is there and is now like a Girl Scouting museum, and she'd like yes. very much to go check out the Girl Scouting museum in Savannah. So we will certainly do that next time we're down that way. But it's cool because you can take like school age kids and go. George Washington sat here, yeah, and ate stuff, yeah, and blows their did mind things, yeah, yeah. So. We're we're definitely looking forward to it. Just just to get it, you know, get out of Dodge for a little bit. And then we get back, get a shot in the arm, and then um, you know, two weeks and we're we're more or less home free. Yeah, my number two shot is on Monday. Do them on the thirteenth. Very nice. Um, and then you know, just in general, we uh we did the we did the live stream uh, last week that went really well. It was fun. Uh, I really enjoyed it. You know, Amber and I, oddly enough, don't do duos like ever. Hmm. And um, it was fun to like be like, all right, well, here's two hours. Let's let's figure this out. Yeah. And uh, we did it here in the dungeon, and um, production value was pretty solid. Yeah. You know, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Sound uh, good. Look good. Up, I ended up having to use the uh, the X32 as the um, not the interface, but as the like sound mixer, and then I ran everything into the Apogee because I thought I could uh, like do optical like spadiff out of my Helix into my interface, but the LT doesn't do digital optical. Right. Right. Only the big boy Helix does. So right. that plan got squashed. But other than that, no, it was good. You know, it's and speaking of good things, let's talk about uh reviews. Ooh, here it is. All right. So um last week I do need to say we had we got two super like awesome reviews. Sweet. Just felt like really, really good. So I'm going to read one of these. This was from the 24th uh, that says, uh, so it's from Doozle with an L, Doozle. It's a five-star review on the Apple platform. It says, this podcast has something for even the most seasoned musicians doing covers. Been listening since the beginning. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. Wrong one. Fantastically awesome. Fantastically awesome. Yeah, that was the one below it. Uh, Two down-to-earth dudes talking about making your band better with great achievable advice. Always get pumped when the next episode hits my queue. Also, the show is now surrounded by a community in which cover band folks can bring their questions and ideas without fear of being judged by music snobs, my favorite pod rock on guys, Charlie, Mercy, and Maine. 
Thank you very much for that wonderful review. If you would like to be featured on the show, the easiest way to do that is to leave a review yourself on the podcast platform of your choice. Uh, if you are one of those people who don't listen on uh, on Apple Podcasts and you still want to give us a shout out or help us out, uh, the easiest way to do that is just take a little screenshot of the uh, episode while you're listening to it on your phone and post it to Instagram, tag us, uh, tag the show, tag me and Dan as the hosts. Our tags, if you are watching the live stream, are right below us and we'll put them in the show notes. Uh, but yeah, that's a great way to kind of uh, draw attention to the podcast as we continue to do all the things that we're trying to do. I'll also say this, you know, in response to what Charlie just said, I think that what we've accomplished on Facebook is maybe I'm as proud of that as I am of the 147 episodes that we've made so far. Like it's a great community. It's a great community. So if you, if you are listening to this and you're not a member of our Facebook group, you really ought to check it out. Cause it's, um, somehow we've managed to get a critical mass of conversation going without a corresponding, uh, load of jerks. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it's just, it's really cool. Yeah. It, you know, it is one of the things that we have probably worked the hardest on is yeah. cultivating a community that is, uh, safe to have conversations in, uh, not a place uh, to pile on. Yeah. And um, ask questions and it's actually safe to not know stuff and to wonder. I, I, I really am happy about it. Yeah. There's, there's room for counterpoints. Yeah. And, um, you know, all good, uh, all good information is entertained and, uh, and discussed there. So, uh, definitely check that out again, show notes, links, all that good stuff. All that stuff. Another great thing that happened this week is that our, the first, I, I don't know how, I still don't know how to say this right. <laughs> It's not the first video we've put on YouTube. It is the first video on our YouTube channel to hit 10,000 views. Yeah. So that is the highest uh, amount of views we've ever gotten on a video. It is not shocking uh, concerning the neural quad cortex, uh, which we actually released two more videos about this past week. And yeah. why is that, Dan? Because uh, I received mine. I have mine here in my room right over there. Um and I, you know, for the last couple months, I've been obsessively watching the videos that people have been posting, demoing what it does. And they've all been um, guitar wizard elevated, you know, um, uh, archangel level sort of players, um, of which I am not one, to be super, super clear. So I just thought when I got it, I, I, I sat down and I sort of recreated the basic patch I live my most of my night in, in from Helix onto it and learned a lot about it as I did. And I just thought I'd make a good video. So I just I just made a video walking through sort of a average guitar player guy's patch. Um, and it seems to have been, you know, take kind of taken off. It's had a thousand views in what? Less four, than a week. Less yeah, than I mean, a week, four, four or five days. And um, it's interesting, the feedback we got on it. You know, so I made this patch knowing that when I get in the context of a mix, uh, and it's going to need a bunch of work. You know, it's it's yeah. a, it's very much a first cut, um, including that it has in it an always-on hall reverb that makes it feel very amp in the room, very live and very, you like, know. Like, shockingly so. Yeah, it feels like you're listening to a mic amp. It's, it's like, I worked hard to get that kind of sound happening with a helix and I never totally loved it. And this was sort of, it dropped out of the box this way. Um, yeah. And a lot, a lot of the responses we got on YouTube were like, Oh, well we can't tell anything. Cause the, you know, we're just hearing your room. You weren't, you were hearing the helix, er, the quad cortex directly to OBS actually could have been a DAW. And, um, yeah. 
And so then we made, I made a version of it that took my mic out of the mix entirely. It was literally just the line in and, you know, it sounded just, just like the original one, just to prove that it yeah, wasn't something else going on. Minus, minus the sound of like picks against strings, which is like, oh, that's. Oh, I hate that. that I hate that. Because, you know, I mean, SM5, I'm sorry, SM7s are so well known for their sensitivity. <laughs> That's it's yeah. just picking up all those room noise, you know. That's right. So yeah. Neither neither of us have preamp amp lifters between between our device and our our uh, interface here. To yeah, I'm currently pushing 53 dB of gain into this thing right. just straight out of the interface. That's right. So that's right. But you know, f f fair game. I did have it, um, the mic here, and the guitar here, and sure, sure, was picking that up fine. So I made a version that took the mic out entirely. And um, just prove the point that this is um, quite a nice uh, uh, box of Quad Cortex. Puts out really good sounds. It sound very authentic to what a guitar player wants. And I have some quibbles with the interface, but they're nothing that a firmware update or two won't fix. I'm sure they're they're aware of them. Um, I th my initial impression, I, I actually never followed up with you about this, but my initial yeah. impression of the touchscreen was that it was very... Um, it was fiddly. It was over-precise yeah. and not um, forgiving about its touch zones. Couple more days of working with it, I don't feel that way anymore. I'm I'm now okay. used to how it works, and I feel fine about being able to drive it without having to multiple multiply try, you know, push a button five times before it launches. I no longer have that problem. I did when it first came out of the box, but I don't anymore. Yeah. So that's resolved for me. Um, but there's some some quality of life user experience things that um, the Helix has evolved over the years that Quad well, yeah. doesn't yet have, um, but. Overall, I'm very, very happy with it. Yeah, I think the thing that I was most surprised by is that, you know, what they have really been touting is the processing power and the CPU, like, <laughs> oomph yeah. that the unit has. Yeah. But you showed quite plainly that, like, it's not exactly the uh, the CPU savior that I think people were making it out to be. Well, you have to know how to work it. So the the grid, right, the layout of, of the the... The little boxes, the um, the GUI, GUI, right? But it's made up of two of four channels on which you can put a lot of different elements, and some of those elements yep. are very expensive on the CPU, and some are much less so. But you kind of have to understand how to lay them all out. I mean, I did get to a point in making my patch where I had everything on one CPU, and it wouldn't take anymore. So I had, yeah. I had maxed out one of those CPUs, and I had to spread my patch across both of them, which is just part of understanding how the thing works. Um, my patch that, uh, on the, uh, quad cortex takes up 42% of the CPU, which I don't even know what that means when it's really two cores, uh, 42% of what, right? Um, right. That is, it takes up much, much more as a percentage of what the helix can do processing wise. So I could add a whole lot more to it on the, on the quad cortex than I do on the, you know, more capacity on the quad cortex than I do on the helix. Sure. Um, but this patch does everything that I need in an average night. So what am I going to yeah, add? I mean, I was having, I, I ended up posting it on one of the line six, um, forums because I mean, we are line, line six guys. Yep. You know, we are dyed in the wool helix, you know, evangelists. So, you know, I feel like our opinion on these kinds of things is valid. And some people are like, you know, oh, well, the Helix is is underpowered and, you know, they should have done something by now. And, you know, you know, iPhones come out every, you know, a new one comes out every year. Yeah. And it's like, I don't really think that's the whole point of this. 
you know, the if the quad cortex is, I would say right now, the quad cortex is the Lamborghini Countach of modelers. So it's really high performance, not really comfortable. You can't back up. It's got no mirrors. You know what I mean? And maybe over time it gets refined. But, you know, I would say that for 90% of the people who use these modelers, they're grocery getters. We're using it for just kind of mundane, uh, everyday things. And frankly, in my opinion, the Helix Floor and Helix LT are even overpowered for that. For sure. Right. Um, the, the, uh, now, I will say, in defense of the Quad Cortex, it's its user experience is nice. And, and there's so I have some quibbles with it, but basically, it took me an hour to build a patch that took, frankly, months of iteration on the Helix. Now I knew what the endpoint was. I knew where I was headed when I started it on the right. quad cortex. That also I, helps I, I, sure. I, you know, I found my way there on the helix. It's a different process, but, um, but it was really nice to work with and really nice to put my hands on. And so, I wouldn't say it's entirely Countach like um, in that. It's, it's the only pushback I have on that analogy. But it certainly is like the shiny, high powered thing right now. Um, yeah. And uh, and people have to learn how to use it, much like yeah. a Lamborghini. Um, it's it's possible to crash it into a wall, and people are gonna and and then go to the internet and blame the Countach for crashing into a wall. You know, right? I mean, you know, in my case, I mean, I'm I've I've said it before, and I, I actually went ahead and started the process. I put my my LT up for sale. Yeah, I mean, I just don't use it. Yeah, I mean, and you're I, a stop guy. I, I don't, I don't see a future where that's that's the the thing that I pick when gigs come up. Right. And actually, I just bought a, a a new piece of kit. You'll you'll see a video about that on YouTube um, probably next week. Um, that you know is geared around the the uh, the HX Stomp and that whole rig, and it's it's phenomenal. And you know, I might I might I'm definitely looking at the XL still, and I'm definitely looking at the um, the the uh, Helix Rack because I find more practical uses for both of those. And if you're in the market for either of those things, uh, Sweetwater is doing 48 months right. financing on right. all line six products. So yeah. now might be a good time to, uh, to jump in with both feet if you're, uh, if you've been kind of waiting for it. So, yeah, I'll say I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm eager to get gigging with the quad cortex. It's, uh, it's man, it's small. It is small. I did notice that the, you know, it's hard to tell when you're seeing it in videos and things, but as soon as I saw a picture of it next to the, uh, H, uh, the HX Stomp XL, I was like, Oh, it's really small. Now it the, is small. Part, one of the worries about it is that the foot switches are too close together. Um, I got big old Ronald McDonald feet and I had no problem. So okay. it's all fine. Um, I certainly could stomp eight of its switches at once if I felt like it, but, um, <laughs> I, I can also just hit one at a time. It's fine. I think, you know, maybe it keeps your IPA level down, uh, kind of starting out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. You got to be a little more nimble than, <laughs> than on the Helix LT. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The LT you can, you know. Oh yeah. You could, you could throw a, you know, like you could throw a wine glass at it. Totally. You know, yeah. you're only, and you're still going to hit, you're going to hit hundred percent accuracy every single time. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I, what I heard sounded great. Yeah. But. Everything that I've heard has not, you know, it's not one of those things where I'm just like, I can't have this anymore. Like I've got, I've got to jump ship. Sure. No, I mean, I haven't, look, nothing has popped up that has made, compelled me to make a change. No. And, 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 um, it is an iterative evolution of what modelers are 
Um, I will say the effects aside from amps are not as fully baked as the helix. Um, there are plans to evolve those obviously, but right now they're, the helix has way more options for, you know, time effects and modulations than, than, than the quad cortex does. Um, but I'm excited to be on board with it and I'm excited to gig with something that's this big. Yeah. And I mean, (laughs) you know, you're kind of, you're having the, uh, the, the HX stunt moment that I had Mm. where, where you're just like, Oh, I can do this with way less stuff. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping that, um, that that's, that's a, a net plus for you. And especially considering they're still fairly rare, like they're gone again. Like, so you do have kind of a, you know, like a fun fiddly unicorn of a product. So, uh, be prepared when you start gigging out again to spend a lot of time with dudes. Dudes are going to fill up and want to talk about it. That is, that is true. For sure. Yeah. Good stuff. Pretty cool. So yeah. Um, talking about things that I, you know, new gear and stuff, uh, did buy a couple of things. The one that I'm, I, I, I was referring to earlier is, uh, on stage makes a pedal board mic stand. Mm-hmm. So instead of having, you know, like a, a normal boom with, you know, a tripod or like a, a round base, this one is like rectangular and it's got like a lip that you put your pedal board on and it's got, uh, three separate kind of screw in base mounts. Uh, so you could put up to three mic stands on it. Uh, and their intent is to use those for a number of things. They sell a couple of different, you know, accessories. Guitar like, holders uh, and things. Yeah. Guitar stands and, um, additional, you know, f- you could put a table or a, an iPad stand on it. Um, I was looking to do that, but the problem is that they don't, nobody sells those particular products locally. Mm. And by the time I got it, I was 99% sure that it, it was not going to do what I needed to. And I was about to immediately send it back. Uh, but now I'm going to keep it. And I'm like, well, crap, now I want that thing. Uh, <laughs> I did find a solid workaround. If you, the boom that I have, if you put it out far enough, I can put the, uh, the tablet stand right on the actual, I'm actually, I'm looking, I can, I'm touching it right now. Um, and see the, see the tablet while standing in front of the mic. So it's good. It, it would be nice to have a separate one. And if I start, I think this is going to be the new Sideman solo acoustic setup. Uh-huh. And so in doing that, I probably will get the guitar stand and the the tablet stand sure. for that rig, uh, just for, you know, one, you know, one thing to rule, rule them all. It's a pretty convenient thing. I'm pretty impressed with it. You know, when I was, um, when I first built my first pedal board was on a pedal train 24 and so that sits up a little bit and there's a gap at the downstage lip of it. And I would set up my tripod mic stand with one foot in it, like stuffed yeah. up it, um, just to reduce my, my up and downstage space. Uh, but this sure. is the same concept. It's, you know, the, the, the mic stand comes right up out of your pedal board basically. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty, pretty nice. Well, and it, depending if you have one of those pedal trains, um, the, there's a metal fabricator who, who I've talked about you know, on the show for other reasons, um, that makes a kind of like a, like a lip that you can mount to that pedal train mm. where you can, you can drop a mic stand, um, like a mic pull right into it. Cool. So it is a part of the pedal train. Wow. Board. That's awesome. The problem is with the board that I've got is that it doesn't have enough space to put two pins in gotcha. because it doesn't have that. It's, it's, it's compact. It's not built that right, way. Right. If I was doing, you know, if I was using that, my pedal train more, I would absolutely buy one of those. Yeah. So, uh, but it's, it's super sturdy. Uh, it's going to, uh, go through its paces, 
Uh, tomorrow night, I'm playing at that place again with uh, the Elegant Bachelors is the name of that band. I'm very nice bass for them. Very nice. And um, it'll it'll be put through its paces, and I'll do a video about it, and that'll be that. Cool. So I think that catches us all up. I think we're. I think we're current. Okay. So last week we uh, we had some very active participation in the live stream and uh, answered a bunch of questions. And then there was one question that we just could not get to because we had covered a lot of ground. Uh, so we wanted to circle back and talk about that particular topic. So that is what we are going to do now. Um, the main thrust of the, of the conversation is business-wise, what does it take to, I don't want to say incorporate your band. It's, it, there's better ways of saying it, but, you know, being the uh, very skilled, you know, podcaster, I can't think of a better way of saying it. So. <laughs> well, I mean, here's what it comes down to for me um, that I think this question was pointing to was how do you take a check in the name of your band? Right. Yeah. How do you, at the end of the night, the venue's like, oh, what do we put in your check? And it's like, oh, Dan Ray. And that feels just amateurish, like your garage band, whatever. So what does it take to say, oh, the make it out to the Clinky Lincolns? Yeah, I, I I suspect they don't care. Yeah, they they, they definitely don't. <laughs> but it feels it feels I have good. A, I have a sneaking suspicion they're writing more Dan Ray checks than oh, Lincoln oh checks. certainly certainly. But you know maybe for events folks or mm -hmm. municipal folks or I mean maybe that leaves an impression that you've you've done the groundwork to be able to take a check in your own name. If I took a check in the name of the Clanky Lincolns, my personal bank account would not be able to cash it. Right, they would Correct. say never heard of you. You can't endorse that check over to yourself properly because you know you can't sign the Clanky Lincolns. Doesn't have an autograph. Um, right. Oh, so what do you do? Yeah. So I think that's so, the question. Yeah. So and and you and I have gone down slightly different paths. We have to get there. That's right. So um, we can provide two sides to the coin there uh, as to what you want to do. Yep. Um, I feel like your way might have been the smarter way to to do it starting off uh it definitely gives you a lot more flexibility and um it's lower impact you know, it's less less paperwork yeah it may it may save you uh over time you know kind of maybe but there's one there's one key thing that i don't have that your your approach does so let's let's start with mine so um all right so, dan first okay so uh the clinky lincolns is a DBA. So the, what that means is that's an acronym that means doing business as. So the Clanky Lincolns is a is a sole proprietorship. Dan Ray as a sole proprietorship, DBA the Clanky Lincolns. And that name has to be registered. And who it's registered with, at least in, in my area, and I think yep. I think this is common, is the county. In my case, okay. Guilford County, North Carolina. So I went down to the county um register of deeds and they're, they have a website where you can search for registered names, and I went and confirmed that the Clanky Lincolns was not taken. It would have been super shocked if it had been. I also distinguished at that moment that Clanky Endeavors was not taken. Okay. So I went down there, and there's a piece of paper that you fill out, hand it to them. I think there's some money involved, not a lot. And I registered the DBA, the Clanky Lincolns, and Clanky Endeavors. And then... Um, given that piece of paper, I could then go to a bank. Uh, now I do my personal banking with a credit union, so they don't do any corporate, you know, company accounts like this. So I had to go to a different bank. Sure. And 
given the paperwork from the county that says this is a registered DBA, I could then open a bank account in the name of the Clanky Lincolns. And from then on, I could deposit checks written to the Clanky Lincolns to that account. And um, that account has uh, a few key things, including mobile deposits from their app with a, I don't have to go to the bank to deposit a check. Um, And I can hook Venmo straight to it and distribute money from that account to my players. And so it's pretty hands-off in terms of actually going down to the branch, which I'm just not, even if there were no pandemic involved, I would not be interested in going down to the branch. It's like my mom did that. (laughs) That's, you know, we're, we're beyond all that. Um, so that's the setup and I'm now able to take a check in the name of the band. Now, um, I did get a call from that bank yesterday and, um, very uncharacteristically, I answered the phone. It was a, my local area code calling me and, um, for some reason, I hit answer. I never do. I usually just let it go to yeah. voicemail unless I recognize the caller. Um, and it was a guy from the bank saying, hey, uh, we have not seen any activity on your account since February of 2020, more than a year now. Wow. Right? And I what know the odds? I know the check that that was. It was the last check that we got for playing our last show as the Clanky Lincolns back in February yeah. of 2020. It was you know our, the last gig we did at, uh, at Pig Pounder. And, um, and he said that because the account has had no activity for so long, it, it's at risk of going into um, a status where it's closed and the funds in it, which he told me come to about 26 bucks right now, um, <laughs> are at risk of being surrendered to the state of North Carolina. And he said, the thing to do about that is to have any activity happening in the account. And I said, so like yeah. write, write myself a $1 check, do it over a mobile deposit. And he said, yeah, fine. Just anything. Anything that yeah. shows the account is active, live, in use will save it from this risk. And he said, you know, I just like to call people as it's heading up on that and just let them know that's going on, which yeah. I very much appreciate, right? It would have been a pain to redo all that, all that paperwork. But so that is a thing. If you've, if your bank account has not seen any activity while we've any been action. shut down. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe get, d- deposit yourself a buck and just make sure that doesn't happen anyway so dba is the path that i went down and um after we hear about the path you went down we'll circle back and talk about what protection i don't have that you do yeah because of the differences so how did how did you do it okay so in my case i opted to uh to create an llc so in uh in in that situation looks a little something like this uh now i went through a lawyer um just because i have a really awesome friend who's a lawyer and he had, uh, the, they did, we did it. Back it up. (laughs) We did a show for the, um, for the junior mock trial association where we got to do this crazy live band karaoke gig at the Georgia theater. It was like one of the funnest nights of my life. Um, and in doing that, he then asked Amber to be a part of his band's Christmas show. And, um, you know, we just kind of, we, we hadn't been in touch in a couple of years. We hadn't had a reason to, uh, but in doing that, uh, he was like, Hey, do you need help with anything? He's like, Hey, it's funny you mentioned it. You know, I'm thinking about doing this. He's like, I'll do, just send me the information. I'll do it for you. And it's important that you, you consider doing it that way because, um, one of the things that you have to do to, uh, incorporate as an LLC is you have to have a representative and the representative can either be a legal entity or it can be you personally. Uh, in, in my case, because he ended up doing it, um, he is my representative. So if I get, you know, subpoenaed, 
he gets it instead of me, <laughs> at least at first. Yeah. Uh, but what that looks like as far as, I, I didn't have to go that route. Anybody can do this. Um, it, if you're trying to incorporate, you do that with typically with the secretary of state of your state. Yes. Uh, in the state of Georgia, there's a website and you fill out some paperwork, you give them a hundred bucks and they do all that due diligence that you were talking about. And then they issue you an EIN or a basically like a business tax employer number. information, employer identification number. Yeah. yeah. So um, once you have that, you, you basically have um, it, it is a freestanding organization. So uh, with that information, uh, I was able to open up a an online uh, bank account with a company called Aslo, uh, which as of yesterday no longer exists. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> I had to deal with all of that. Um, but basically just an online bank that does roughly the same things that yours does um, with a couple of added doodads for small businesses and kind of uh, probably more integrations with things like Square and Stripe and think. invoicing and all that stuff. So. Yeah, I used, so a, I used I a traditional bank. So an online yep. bank is going to be smarter about integrations and modern stuff like that. Yep. Good. Now, so as of yeah, as of yesterday, I've switched over to a, a company called Novo, which kind of took in the uh, the Aslo people with open arms. Actually, made like fifty bucks for switching. Nice. All right. <laughs> so so um, LLC. What's that stand for? It stands for Little Library. <laughs> Coalition. Little library. Cool. That's not what it's. It is. It, it is for uh, small libraries to uh, use their bargaining power against larger libraries in order to, uh, you know, get more books. It's the yeah, and those boxes that are on the street corners that people leave some books in and take some books from. Yes, little, that is little that's, library. That's an LLC. That's an LLC. That's what it is. Fantastic. Keep it uh, really no. though. <laughs> it is. Uh, LLC is a limited liability. Corporation, yeah. so or what company or whatever? Yeah, what an LLC provides you that a DBA does not is limited liability. So if the Clinton Lincolns went somewhere and as a result of our general malfeasance, um, seven children died. Yeah, yeah. Um, it would be Dan Ray doing business as the Clanky Lincolns who would be liable for that, and yes. and on and on trial for murder, and on trial for murder, and and my well. I'm not sure murder is, uh, for financial damages at least, I'm not sure about the rest. Punit, yeah, punitive damages. Financial damages, Dan Ray personally would be liable for that, right? So yes. on the other hand, if uh, members only went somewhere and by their general rapscallionitude caused some massive amount of financial loss, the personal assets of Adam Johnson as a human would not be subject to legal action, right? Your, your, right. your own assets are protected as an LLC, whereas they're not as a DBA. So that's one thing. The other thing is an LLC has to fire, file taxes separately, right? Yes. You, so you do separate taxes for the LLC. Um, a DBA, um, it's Dan Ray sole proprietorship. So I do yeah. all of the band's taxes as my own personal self-employment income and expense. Um, well, so just to clarify that you can do that as a sole proprietorship LLC if you have no other employees, which I don't. So I, I do file ATL party bands does file, but it is through my, my, my taxes. Gotcha. So I, I put in my, my EIN and I put all of our income and all of our, you know, expenses into my personal income tax. Yeah. 
but it is it's it's registered as a separate ent entity, but it's not you don't have to do it like externally from personal. And, and does it file as self-employment? It does. Oh, okay. All right. The t the general name for those sorts of things that file on your own self-employment is called a pass-through organization. And so things like um uh many years back I created a what's called an S Corp um mm -hmm. to for freelance um, software engineering work I was doing and that is not a pass-through organization. That has to file on its own and it was a major pain in the butt to have set it up that way. Actually, I don't yeah. recommend that. LLC is much better. Um so a lot of reporting requirements and stuff that went with that that was just overhead I didn't need. Um but so those are pretty much the two paths I think we would recommend for pretty much any band is either file an LLC or create yourself as self-employed, sole proprietorship, DBA, DBA, a registered name. Yeah. Yeah. And as far as, uh, you know, we, we talked a little bit about banking. Uh, you want to be able to deposit checks and pay your people. Yeah. Um, now, does your account, you have, do you have a debit card that goes with it? I do. Okay. Never used it, but I have one. I use mine all the time um, just because like with ATL party bands, you know, I'm buying equipment or mm. I'm purchasing karaoke tracks or, you know, any number of things, anything that is music related, it ends up going on that card into that account. Sure. So. Sure. Sure. I end up not carrying much money in that account. It mostly is a pass through for paying the guys. Um, and then a lot of the, a lot of the expenses that I do become, personal expenditures that I then claim as business expenses on my taxes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in my case, just to make it easy, everything all goes into that pot and Makes then sense. everything comes out of it. Sure. So like website renewals and uh, hosting and, you know, advertising sure. and just general stuff. It all comes out of that pot. So it's there to cover overhead. And, and I try to keep a, a, a an okay balance in there in the event that something comes up and, you know, I, I've mentioned before that, you know, sometimes, you know, maybe the band doesn't clear uh, a huge payday, but I still, you know, choose to pay my guys the same rate. That's where that money's coming from. It's sure. just from operating expenses and overhead. Yeah. So just float a balance in there that you yeah. are, are working against. For sure. Good. And then, uh, so there was that we were talking about banking, talking about... Oh, another thing with LLCs is that you do have to renew them every year. Mm. Uh, but again, not a big deal. In my case, it was, I think, $40 on the Secretary of State's website. Yeah, I would say neither of these structures are expensive to set up or maintain not in terms at all. of the, the structure of them. Um, it's not a big deal. And what are you using for uh, financial tracking? Excel. Okay. Um, yeah, it's not... Well, Google Google Docs, really. Um just keeping a track of ins and outs and whatever. I know you have a, a, a more sophisticated uh, solution. I wouldn't call it sophisticated. I would call it automated due to, uh, I don't want to say laziness because I think it's, <laughs> I think it's more medical. I think it's literally ADHD. Well, that's fine. Uh, but I've, I've been using um, QuickBooks self-employed. Yeah. Uh, it is a service that in, at least in my case, when I file my taxes, uh, I do it through TurboTax and because they're all wrapped up with Intuit, uh, I typically get a year's worth of that service with, you know, all of that. And because I'm using TurboTax and I know TurboTax isn't the best way to do it and you can do it for free and it's a whole racket and there's all these lobbyists that are trying to keep doing taxes more complicated so that things like TurboTax can, can stay in business. But the fact of the matter is, is that when it is 
time to do taxes for the ban. I sign in to QuickBooks. I sign in to TurboTax. I go, broop, and it just does it all. That's good. All at once. That's good. That's and, good. And the self-employed app also tracks your mileage automatically. That's really smart. So it's like Tinder. You just go into the <laughs> app and you swipe left for personal and you swipe right for business. And then you're just on your way. It's really good. I try to do that once every week or so and just keep it current. It's really good. I have a a, a whole CPA firm that I use. Um, uh, partially because I just like them. They actually, I, I, I played the owner's husband's birthday party a few years ago. So, you know, I've, I've made back what I paid them. But I mean, um, <laughs> so there was a time because my S Corp was so hard to file for and hard to manage. And because the accountant and business advisor who I was working with when I set that up, um, moved away and changed businesses and stopped being that, um, I went through a period of time where I just didn't do taxes for a few years. Oopsie. Yeah. So I, um, I found this accountant here local and she unscrambled my mess and all sorted out. And, um, um, that cost a little money to get straight, but I'm, it was, um, being able to sleep at night was a big, uh, benefit to having done that. You got, you, Hey, that, that seems like a solid plus. Definitely. Definitely, definitely worth, worth what that took. And so I'm sort of with her out of, um, loyalty and appreciation, you know, you know, the, the funny thing is, is that the year that we, you know, created the LLC, I literally filed it in January of 2020. So, uh, the amount of, uh, stuff that ended up going into that process was not normal. You know, I, I think the uh, lack of interesting components to it might've made the tax part a lot easier. Sure. I think we'll have to see what a full year sure. uh, of a full-throated business uh, looks like. Well, listen, in 2019, I brought into my accountant, you know, all of my personal stuff, all the stuff that my company gave me and my wife's company gave her and all that stuff. And then a spreadsheet that said, here is the money that I made Kicking, and here is the money that I spent on things. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. And she just laid it all out on a, I couldn't even tell you what the form number is, but it's the self-employment income and expense form. Yeah. And um, the, the other tip that she gave me that I will pass along is that every three years, you can show a loss and therefore take a tax advantage um, but every three years you have to show a profit or the IRS will actually come back and classify that self-employment business as a hobby and yeah. retroactively disallow all of your previous exemptions. And then you're on the hook for some money that you, you claimed not to have to owe taxes on. Yeah. So that's I, I, I need thing. to turn I need to show a profit this year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for real. Yeah. For real. For real. Yeah. Which is, this is a tough year to do it. Right. But I mean. Yeah. Not as tough as last year. Not as tough as last year. Yeah. True. <laughs> So yeah, I I will probably make sure that you know even I sometimes you can do that a number of different ways. Maybe I just take some things that would normally be expensed and just you know make them personal. Yeah, either just ignore that, or you um, rather than expensing the whole cost of it, you decide to amortize that over a few years. Yeah. Um, depreciate it is the term, right? Take yeah. take the value of it and spread its spread its cost over some lifetime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got some uh, there. There's going to be some purchases made in the near future. Um, you know, the I could theoretically write off the renovation of this space since it's going to be used for that. Totally. 
<laughs> but depending on how much money we make this year, I may not be able to right. do that right. quite as much. Right. So we'll see. There you go. Well, I think we kind of covered that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it sounds way scarier than it is. I mean, yeah. in my case, the LLC thing, it was literally like, all right, what, what, uh, what do you want to call it? What's your address? And, uh, Venmo me a hundred bucks. Right. And I did that. And like 15 minutes later, he's like, cool. You're an LLC. Right. I spent probably 10 times as much time Googling and researching as I did actually down at the County registrar's office, putting the paper in. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, but the, the thing is that you can use DBAs for LLCs. Yes. Like, so for example, maybe you as a freelance musician set up a Dan Ray music LLC. Yes. Or just Dan Ray LLC. Yes. And then you can set up DBAs for the Clanky Lincolns and exactly. Ray. Every, and every market, every, um, every brand that I might have. Yeah. Yeah. Dan Ray erotic massage services. How did you incorporated. know about that? I haven't even told you. Wow. Uh, you know, people, they talk, but yeah, that's the general idea. Um, and it, th- there's no right or wrong way. I think both ways work. It, it, it all depends. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have any specific questions about either one of those paths, you can always hit us up coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. Ask for one of us specifically. Uh, we do reply. Uh, you can DM us on social media. You can do any of those things. Find us in the Facebook group. Yep, absolutely. Um, I, we, I get DMs and stuff through that all the time. And, you know, we are not precious. We've never been precious about any of the information that we've got. Maybe to a fault. Maybe we'd be further <laughs> along if we kept a little bit of this close to the best. It's hard to say. I don't know. How, business structures aren't something like knowing how that works isn't a competitive advantage. I don't think. I would, I will say that in the 40 some odd minutes we've been talking, you will learn more in this 40 minutes about how to do this kind of stuff than it would take you to Google it all and, you know, generate your own opinion or solution around it. So just listen to us and don't do that. Listen, look at us adding value. There you go. Look at us. I've added value today. I can go to bed. Yeah, absolutely. Done. 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 I feel good about it. Yeah. Well, uh, only other, no, I got really nothing terribly exciting. No, 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 you're good with the studio. Uh, yes, I did want to talk about this. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah, yeah. So, um, we were going to do this at the top of the hour and then we got caught up in talking about little libraries and, uh, you, (laughs) the clanky Lincolns murdering children. Small multi-effects processors. Yeah. So, uh, I wanted to draw some attention to something that happened, uh, earlier this week. Uh, that just is terrible. And um, we as an organization and as a community have been uh, very generous uh, before. And I think that this is the perfect uh, thing to share with the group uh, to see if you guys can unleash some uh, goodwill and generosity again. Uh, I have a friend named Luke. Uh, he is a drummer and I met him through playing at churches and uh, He's what he's he's a touring drummer that he plays music full time. That is his full time gig. Um, and then, you know, he had to come off the road because of covid. And in doing so, he he kind of did what what I did is and, and what we did is where we kind of pivoted to uh, online marketing, you know, setting up a YouTube channel. He built this shed in his backyard and built a studio in it. And he was recording drums and recording videos and doing all of his stuff. And he was like, it was generating a lot of momentum. He was doing really, really well. Um, 
on Monday or maybe Tuesday, he was out in that studio and a tree fell on the studio with him in it. Unreal. And um, crushed the studio. He was trapped. And but not hurt. You know, not hurt. Amazing. But like the like the majority of his equipment has been completely destroyed. Yeah. His drums are destroyed. Like just so much damage. And he has insurance, and that's great. But if you've ever dealt with homeowners insurance uh, around these kinds of things, you're never going to get the actual replacement value that you typically need. And so he's just kind of in a rough spot. Um, so um, some people in our community uh, set up a GoFundMe to kind of help him uh, get back on his feet. And uh, I think that if anybody in you know the Atlanta music community deserves uh, some goodwill and a leg up, it is Luke. So I am uh, imploring anybody who is listening or watching this uh, this week or in the near future to uh, click on the link in the show notes uh, and donate whatever you can. Um, super important. I think it's, you know, a little bit can go a long way, especially when you have the kind of network that we do. So uh, I would greatly appreciate if anybody uh, went ahead and donated. I'm definitely putting some money in and I encourage uh, anybody who is listening who has the means to do so to do that as well. Cool. So let's pay it forward. Let's do let's do some good stuff. Let's uh, let's build up some uh, karmic. What is that called? Capital. Karmic capital. As opposed to karmic debt. You don't want that. No, I like Karma Capital. Band name. Yeah. Karma Capital. Oh. LLC. DBA. There it is. Yeah. DBA. Yeah. Dan Ray Erotic Dancing Service. Yeah. <laughs> Incorporated worldwide. Dan Ray Mankey Incorporated. DBA. Help Luke. There you go. Uh, guys, thanks again for tuning in. Uh, if you want to support us, don't. Support Luke. There you go. You can support us next time. Yep. Luke's uh, uh, stuff will be in the, the uh, show notes. Yeah. So be on the lookout for that. And I'll put it in the uh, comments of the live stream so that people can uh, contribute to that uh, whilst watching right now. Uh, but that's going to do it for us. If you, uh, if you want to do anything else, just do the things that Dan's going to say to do. So do that. Yep. And that'll do it for us. In Atlanta, Georgia, I am Adam Johnson. In Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. You have been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, episode 148. Have a great week. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. If you want to help us, be sure to share us with your friends, follow us on social media, and if you haven't already, please leave a review for us on the podcast platform of your choice. Facebook.com slash Cover Band Confidential, Instagram at Cover Band Confidential, and Twitter at Cover Band Confid. If you have any questions, please email us at coverbandconfidential at gmail.com and consider supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com slash coverbandconfidential. And for more info, check out www.coverbandconfidential.com. <laughs>